this is a courting process. Yep. This is like getting a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. There's going to be wooing going on back and forth, but that doesn't always work when it's a sleazy would-be boyfriend. <laughs> you get that feeling. But when it's somebody who's got you all starry-eyed when you leave the meeting and go ahead and sighing a lot and wanting to go out and... <laughs> I don't know what people do after they do that. Run through a field of roses. Is that what you did after you met me? <laughs> yeah. I actually picture that. That oh, might be yeah. the cover of this podcast is you running through a field of roses. Mm, yeah. It was something like that. Something like that. I remember running through a field of roses after I met you. Yeah. I figured we were just in opposite fields. <laughs> Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. Daniel here with Katie, about to drop some sweet science on y'all. <laughs> so today we are talking about choosing the right brokerage for you. And this is something that we've gotten a lot of questions about over the last few years since we've started our own brokerage. Uh, we have a couple of groups for newer agents that, uh, again, th the same question is posted quite a bit. So we wanted to hop on here and just talk about some of the things to think about. Yeah, we do a lot of interviewing of potential recruits, and I think those end up turning into almost similar sessions to what this is going to be because for us and for a lot of brokerages out there, it's not about piling on as many agents as you can into your brokerage. For some it is, but the same rings true and even more so for people who are out there looking for their first or looking to change to a new brokerage. Mm -hmm. um, it's not whoever will take me, it's be picky and find the right fit. So um, with that, I think maybe we'll, maybe we'll start with those who are coming at it for the first time. I know the process is similar, but when you haven't yet been uh, part of a brokerage, you might really be in the dark about what there is to look for and what the approach is like when you're going after the first mm -hmm. place that's going to help represent you and build your brand. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's definitely a good idea to interview at least a few different brokerages. I've We've spoken to a few people, especially recently, that have said they've interviewed with way too many brokerages. And then the decision and, and the choice becomes a little bit more complicated and it just becomes a little, you know, obviously challenging to kind of narrow things down. Um, but, you know, there's different ways to look at it. A lot of people start kind of in the immediate area where they're living and where they're planning to trade um, and look at look to those brokerages first, I would think. Yeah, well, then, yeah, there's so many different angles to take yeah, on who you're Yeah, but that's one gonna, angle, That's one angle, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there, there really are so many moving parts to this because this isn't just I need something and it shouldn't be just something I need something to put my name next to because I can't trade unless I have a brokerage. Right. You really need to put the thought into what it is that's important to you. Yeah. And you won't really, in my opinion, you won't figure that out until you start talking to more than one brokerage. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I think everybody who starts asking the question has an idea to some degree of what a brokerage does, but- 
maybe that's where it should start, especially for people who are getting into it is what is it that brokerages are supposed to do and what is it that they can do Mm -hmm. and what's most important to you as someone who's looking. And again, if you've already been in it and you're looking to change, there's probably a reason you're looking to change brokerages and whatever that missing piece is that you're looking for probably will be one of the things that guides you. Yeah, I think it's easier for somebody that has already been with a brokerage because they've identified what's missing and if they can get that elsewhere or seek to see if they can get that elsewhere. So that's a little bit of an easier decision and, and like search process. Whereas if you're first starting out, it can be really confusing. Yeah. So I guess we could go through some of the key headings of things that might help dictate a, a yeah. decision. First off, the stuff that I'd like to think everybody is going to give you mm-hmm. is the basics of a brokerage, which is just the administrative back end in making sure you have what you need to be able to do your deals. Yes. So providing you with a, a back end of some sort where you can do the paperwork, um, yeah. you know, the 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 training at some level that tells yeah. you how to do the deals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Showings, um, yeah. like off, you know, software, call if, center. Yeah. Like I, I think I'll look past the really, really bare bones ones that might still operate if they exist with like pen and paper and fax machines. Mm. You got to figure everyone's going to have some type of software for all that stuff and some sort of back end, and it can get robust, but at its base, we're going to go under the assumption that everybody and anybody you talk to has the um, the infrastructure in place to allow you to trade in real estate. Yes, exactly. And so that aside, all the other stuff is where people start to differentiate. Yeah. Um, I touched on it a little bit, but the first thing I'll talk about, especially for those coming out of or coming into the industry for the first time, is the training and support. 100%. Which are two different things, I guess. They are. And well, and training can be very different as well. If you look at it, a lot of brokerages offer the training in terms of how to fill out your paperwork and just kind of like that, um, I guess, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Basic. Not like strategy, but like more just like, yeah. Transactional I guess, stuff. Transactional stuff, which is, of course, important, but... There's so much, and I know if you guys have been listening to this podcast, recognizing that there's so many systems and things that really need to be set up ahead of time or while you're first getting into the business to make sure you're ready to go and you're organized within your business. Yeah, so training can be when you get there, here's what you need to work for us. And then it can also be, and in a lot of cases, should be continuous and fluid. So as you go through your career and as the industry changes, mm-hmm. brokerages should, or you should ask, and this is a, the, one thing I'll, I'll backtrack. This podcast, hopefully, if nothing else, gives you a bit of a laundry list of questions yes. that you can ask when you go to these places. Because we talked about the interview, and we say this a lot in other forums, you are doing the interview of the brokerage as much or more than they're interviewing you. Mm-hmm. They do want to know who you are, find out about you, but you are the one who's making a decision here in yeah. most cases. So to make an appropriate decision, you need to have the questions you want answered. Right. 
Yeah. So, you know, number one, what sort of training is available at your brokerage Mm -hmm. is a very good question to ask and go a little deeper there and understand what exactly that consists of. And is it kind of the first month or so you get training and then you're on your own or is there continuous training um, moving forward as you get into into your career. Right. And how is it structured? Is it all, is it in person? Is it Zoom calls? Is it, here's a booklet? Do you need to pass modules to do certain things? Um, Are you able to elect into certain trainings and others are mandatory? Right. Um, You know, the, the process can be very robust. There's some brokerages that have their own quote unquote universities or whatever Mm -hmm. they want to call it, where they've got an entire training backend which can be good. But again, what's the content, right? Is this something that has been put into place five, 10 years ago and is still the same program today? Mm -hmm. Or is the brokerage growing with the new needs of a very, very changing industry now more than ever, whether it be through technology, whether it be through things that we've gone through over the last year and how to appropriately behave. Mm -hmm. Um, and as Katie said, there's a big difference between transactional training of how to do a deal and relationship training and strategy and brand. Sales. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if you if you just look at sales specifically, there's a lot of training out there that can be very dated. The scripts are from, you know, 10 years ago and consumer behavior and what they will react to has changed quite a bit. So it, it's just, you know, obviously we don't expect you guys to know that ahead of time, but these are the just the, just the little things we're pointing out. And, um, you know, if you can frame questions around those points, it can really help you establish how updated the training is that you will be getting and how frequent it is. And basically take that and ask yourself, like, what is it that you need and want within training? Are you the type of person that will go out and seek your own training? Because there's so many, you know, you can get a coach, you can do seminars with the local real estate board or pay for other conferences that are available. There's so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But if you want your brokerage to be the main source of your training, then that's something that you really have to look into and ask the right questions. Yeah. And before I jump into something that segues into, um, when you're asking questions, one piece of advice I'll give you is try your best not to lead them into the answer you want. Mm, Yeah. Um, If you know that there's an answer that speaks to you more so and it comes out in your question, you can rest assured most brokerages who really the recruiters are salespeople. Yeah they're going to twist their answer to feed what you want to hear. Yeah, like ongoing training is very important to me. What do your what does your brokerage offer? Right. For oh, example, well, we we yeah. offer ongoing training. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing you said that cuz that's yeah. exactly what we are. Yeah. Right? And you will hear that um and the same goes for if you ask a question like how do you how does your training situation work and their response is well what is it you're looking for in a trainer? Mm. Just ask them to tell you what they do. <laughs> right? Like it's it kind of goes without saying, but I can tell you from the people we interview, at least half of the people we talk to will tell us what they're looking for because we'll ask them because it is in, it's important to us to make sure they're fit. However, it's hard when you're recruiting and selling and you really like someone to, you know, I, I think for a lot of people that they need to be able to separate telling somebody what they want to hear from what really is. Mm -hmm. So make it easy on them to just give you what it is they have and tell you what's actually going on. So 
there's a whole bunch of things we're going to get into, but one of the main ones, which maybe I should have opened with, because this is what a lot of the other stuff feeds into, is the cost. Yeah. Um, and I, I think everything feeds into everything else. But when we talk about more training, less training, or more technology, all these things where it's a yeah. lot or a little or nothing, in a lot of cases that might, when you're moving the dials on the on the more of one, less of, of another, the cost is going to a lot of cases be that variable that, I guess, ties into what it is you're getting or not getting. If you get a very bare bones brokerage where you're not getting a lot, it hopefully will be very inexpensive Mm -hmm. to be there because they're not giving you anything. Right, exactly. So uh, an understanding, there's there's different ways that brokerages work when it comes to cost. I mean, we can go through a couple of the things to look for for people who haven't been there before. I think a lot of people are familiar on a base level with the split idea. Yeah, yeah. Um. I don't know that we really need to. Yeah, like jump I mean, there's that. yeah, there's usually like a few different components. There's the split, so it could range. You know, you could get full 100 percent of your commission for every deal that you do, um, all the way down to if you're on a team, it could be 50 50 split or yeah. even lower. Or even so, lower. Um, you know, that can that can vary quite a bit. Um, then you've got your monthly fee. Um, that typically is charged and, you know, that can also vary, but, you know, I wouldn't say there's a, a certain number, but. And, and it used to be called, that. it still is called, even we call it still a desk fee. A desk fee. Yeah. I mean, don't take that literally, especially now because. Yeah, but it's, it's more just to use the brokerages, uh, su- you know, equipment, supplies, office, whatever it is on a monthly basis, um, the resources. And don't be afraid to ask what it represents. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to come out in the, in the interview, but yeah. monthly fees can range again anywhere from less than a hundred bucks a month to a thousand bucks a month and more yeah that's real real money yeah and i can tell you from when i started i remember looking at a brokerage that was charging a thousand a month and for a new agent that has no idea how much money they're going to be bringing in on a monthly basis that was concerning to me but Mm -hmm. it might not be so concerning for you if you know that what you're getting out of that thousand dollars it makes it sense to you so it really depends yeah so the only other piece that you'll usually find somewhere is a Usually some sort of flat fee associated with the transaction, yeah, which is kind of, I guess, tied to the administrative side that the brokerage will do for you, whether it's their trust account, whether it's helping with paperwork, whether it's their technology, whatever it is. Um, And that's a variable thing that will go alongside each transaction. And now there might be different moving parts to any of these things, whether it be if you hit a certain threshold, the split changes or the fee changes or Mm -hmm. there's a cap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there also might be all kinds of other hidden fees yeah. that seem insignificant. Like, hey, we've got a $10 a month coffee fee or we've yep. got a $15 a month social fee or photocopies cost this. Yeah. What or if, if you're with a national organization, then there's like a head office fee um, that could be charged as well. Yeah. So do everything you can to understand that. Don't be nervous about asking the question. Yeah, I think just as simple as, you know, if they outline the fees for you, just say, are there any additional fees? Is there anything hidden or anything that I should know about that are, that's charged on an annual basis from your brokerage? Right. And they should disclose all of it. And and use that definitely as one of, unless money is really not any sort of a decision-making factor for you. Mm-hmm. 
you still want to make sure that from a value perspective, what it is that you are being asked to pay yes. equates well to what it is you're receiving. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of being able to display a tangible return if I'm charging somebody something. Yeah. Right. And also in some cases, but not all, don't be afraid to ask the question about whether there's room to negotiate or whether there's mm. other options or things like that. Because especially yeah. bigger companies, I would think there's not a, um, what's the word? There's not like a set, here's the number and we can't, some of them there are, yeah. but you never know. It, and it well, doesn't and, hurt to ask. And for those agents that are in real estate right now and maybe looking to switch over to another brokerage, right. um, if you've got like a track record and a sales history and, you know, definitely from our perspective, if somebody that is, seems like a great fit that, you know, is, is already selling and um, is just doing really well, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit more flexibility with, with how we structure things. But for all of you who are listening, we've got really great rates already. So, <laughs> so don't just start calling us and trying to negotiate. Yeah. However, so the fees, yeah, I it, think that's yeah a it, good big thing. It does speak though to I think, and not that I'm pushing the negotiation part is is not a major thing, but it does speak to you're a salesperson whose job it is to negotiate. Yeah. So there's no harm in showing your would be brokerage that you're willing to put your neck out there and try. Yep, you never know what might happen. Yeah. So beyond the money, because really that's probably the only thing that can be very apples to apples compared brokerage to brokerage. Yeah. Like you can take what the volume you hope to do is and tie that to each pay structure and see what that w- might look like at the end of the de- at the end of the year. There are a world of other things that brokerages can mm-hmm. offer you and things that you should consider. Yeah. Yeah, so I think one thing is definitely coaching and mentoring. Um, that's something that we definitely value within our brokerage. Um, and it's it's something that is often overlooked, um, especially when you're first getting into the industry, I think. Well, I think a lot of people come in and, and they know that they need it. Um, others might not. Um, but I can tell you from working with other brokerages, it can be a very isolating, you know, job sometimes you can kind of feel like you're on your own island trying to figure things out on your own. So knowing that you have that support and that follow up and just people checking in on you can really go a long way to making sure you're, you're continuing and staying on the right track. Yeah. And I think that the best way to look at this for people who don't or haven't used a coach or a mentor, Mm -hmm. this isn't training. This is where things become individualized for you. And even the training could be individual in a lot of ways, but this is where you've got somebody or an organization who are there with you on your journey Mm -hmm. and helping you achieve your goals the way that it makes the most sense to you. Like people who can communicate with you and let you ask very specific questions that are not necessarily roadmapped for the entire organization. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, an example of that is, you know, there's people that come in thinking that the only way to get business is to door knock or cold call. And that isn't the case. And so knowing that ahead of time and making sure that you can get some support around how you see yourself growing your business is really important. And that might not be within your brokerage. You might choose to hire a coach, but that goes into the costing of it. So if you're working with a a brokerage that charges a lot and then going outside to hire a coach, I mean, that's, it's just like a balance, I think. Yeah. It's, it's 
becomes adding it up from different sources and mm-hmm. still seeing what works. Now, that yeah. being said, sometimes finding an external coach might be a better solution because mm-hmm. that's their entire focus. Yeah. Right. But it is something that we've found makes a big difference. I mean, in our experience with other brokerages. Yeah. We started this one in a lot of ways because of what we didn't have. And it didn't make the other brokerages better or worse. Mm -hmm. It just meant to us the same way that to you, when you're looking at a new brokerage, we identified what we feel was is most important. We wanted to put that into ours. And so for that reason, our brokerage probably works for a subset of people who are like-minded to us. Yes. That is the other main thing that's important to both brokerages and hopefully to you as well, Mm -hmm. which is your fit as an individual within the place that you're going, whether it be the brokerage, whether it be a team, um, whether it be how your personality blends with the brand and culture of the brokerage you're looking at. Fit and culture are so super important to your success. Yeah, And as an individual, there's not a situation where that should be overlooked. As a brokerage, some are less concerned with that than others, and that's okay because mm-hmm. their culture is not one where everybody needs to be on a similar wavelength. Right, yeah. And I think you, it, it's it's hard nowadays with COVID especially because you know we would normally say when you walk into the office and you're greeted by the, the admin assistant or whoever it might be, and like you, you're looking around the office and seeing how people are interacting with you, with each other, like that's really helpful. Unfortunately, that's a little more difficult right now. So we can tell you from experience, just talking with agents that have and have not joined us, there seems to be like that connection when you're on a Zoom, even when you're on a Zoom call mm-hmm. and like you're talking about, you know, it might not be specific to the brokerage, but you're you're having a good conversation and you're connecting on a level that is that is really meaningful, um, I think you know whether or not that's a fit or not for you. It's just something that you feel. Um, and it's hard to explain until you probably experience it yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think the more brokerages you speak with, the more you'll get a better sense of what the brokerage represents and whether that's a good fit for you. Yeah. And so there's not there's no such thing as good culture or bad culture. So no. when we say find the one for you, it's what type of a person are are you the kind of person who wants to be a solopreneur mm-hmm. and leave me alone, give me the tools yeah. I need, but I'm I'm up put my head down work and do this myself kind of person. Yeah. Are you someone who's the opposite of that and really needs constant celebration of your successes and collaboration and always sort of an open door to talk to that is not, you know, that actually wants to be there. Yeah. Right. Um, Or something in between, you know, do you like the idea of working on a team? Do you not like the idea of working on a team? Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, That was really weird. I don't know. That sound just came out of my, (laughs) my, my ear. Even the demographic of, you know, is it, do you like traditional approaches to real estate? Do you like cutting edge technology, break the rules, test the waters type people? Yeah. You know, younger folks, older folks, certain regions, like you were saying, people, even brokerages that are next door to each other Mm -hmm. can be polar opposites when you walk in the door. Yeah. 
exactly. And, you know, there's, there's, there's brokerages that collaborate well together. There's ones that um, are more geared towards competing against one another, not in a bad way, but just, you know, these are the sales for the week. This is the top salesperson, blah, blah, blah. If that's something that drives you, um, then that's something to consider and, and make sure that that is the type of brokerage or the brokerage you choose is ultimately the one that will kind of play along with that, that sort of, uh, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. It's uh, but, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, just yeah. Ha- you know yourself best. You know what drives you to succeed. For some people, it's support. For some people, it's trying to be number one. Yeah. You know, are you driven by awards and rankings and all that? Are you driven by making a lot of money? Mm-hmm. Is it a healthy balance? Whatever it is, like we've said, you're not going to really establish the right place for you by going to one and saying, yeah, that seemed okay. Yeah. Right? Because with each one you go to, I can tell you the more you engage them in conversation, the more you'll see how they're different and whether or not they're a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, That being said, unless you were about to segue from that to something else. No, go ahead. Not every brokerage, which we touched on at the beginning, are there and saying, we're going to welcome you with open arms either, just because you love them. Yeah. Um, there's a chance and we've heard of, and we've been a brokerage that hasn't thought everybody is a fit. Right. Normally, if you fall in love and think they're a fit, chances are it's for good reason. And the brokerage will think the same of you. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely brokerages out there who are very picky Mm -hmm. and they're, they're that way for a reason. Maybe they're really small and they only take in one or two agents every year or more. Yeah. And so just because you want to be there and you might be paying your way to a degree, it doesn't outweigh what it might do to their culture or to their team or their brand. Right. So. Yeah. And I think that that kind of leads into, you know, bigger brokerage versus smaller brokerage. A lot of people wonder what's best for them. And again, it really depends on what you're looking for. There's advantages to going with the bigger brokerage in the sense that you might get more opportunity, um, like for either shadowing or, you know, doing open houses when, if, and when that eventually opens up, um, just because there's more agents there that you can kind of draw from as long as they're willing to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a smaller brokerage, um, we know from experience that, you know, that allows us to really get to know each individual agent on a much more personal level, know what drives them and create a more, uh, personalized approach to coaching them and then helping them out with their careers. So there, there is pros and cons. Again, there's no wrong answer. It's just, where do you see yourself fitting? A lot of people love the idea of joining like a massive brokerage to be part of that, like the momentum, it just inspires them. Whereas other people want to have a better fit within a smaller brokerage to connect better with people and to just to, you know, have that more personal uh, experience. Yeah. Like really every variable that goes into choosing a brokerage, Mm -hmm can go any which way and all of them speak to different people. Yeah. You know right? what I think we should do one day? Tell me. <laughs> so like, you know how the, you have all those personality tests that you can take like Myers-Briggs or what's the other one? The Enneagram. Yeah. The Enneagram or something yeah. like that. Like if you could match that up to specific aspects of a brokerage, yeah. that would be really helpful. I think, I think we could do that. We could. We've gotten to know them well enough that yeah. without being... Anyway, like but rude and presumptuous, but yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And then, and then we'll sell them for nine ninety nine. 
But I mean, if, if a lot of people, I mean, we've had a couple of agents that have done personality tests and will speak to that, speak to us about those. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful for us because then we can cater how we coach them to allow them to be the best person and be more the most productive they can be so it's it's good from the sense that your your manager knows about more about who you are but it also allows you to better determine what it is that you really could benefit from within a brokerage yeah and and let's be honest i think for brokerages and for individuals save for a couple of exceptions people don't want this to be a three or six month experiment when you choose a place yeah brokerages want you to join and they want you to succeed and stay a while Mm -hmm. right and become part of what they are like this is still it's not just a novel thing like oh great somebody else joined us you know good luck to them in their future ventures when they decide to move on Mm -hmm. for pretty much every brokerage Mm -hmm. i mean except for maybe those that have thousands of people yeah um the point here is forging a relationship with the place that goes beyond just your license needs to be parked somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that should be tenfold for you as an individual. Um, you should find the place that's going to work best for you because it won't just make you happier and save you the stress of moving, but you're going to be more successful when you're at the place you're excited to be a part of mm-hmm. and that works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as far as other variables, again, like things like location could play in for you. You might want to be close to home. But the location of a brokerage, the more questions you ask, again, it might be small, it might be local, but the actual agent base might be spread everywhere in the city, Mm -hmm. right? There might be opportunity to build off of being the only agent in your certain area that might be able to get all the leads and do all the business in a certain region because you're the only one there. Yeah. Um, Whereas the opposite of that is if there's tons of people in the same place, Yes, you might be in more of a competitive environment with your own colleagues, but you also might have more resources and opportunities to work with these people to meet new leads through things like open houses and yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think it I think it also depends on, you know, how often once we can get back to the office, are you going to want to be going into the office to work? Or it are the are the meetings that are being done are they more virtual or have they halted them because of COVID and then we'll get back to them in person once everything's through and if that's the case if you're going to be going to the office you're not going to be wanting to drive an hour every single day to get there mm-hmm. so it's it's just kind of like more of a I think uh, just what's your personal preference and how you're going to work yeah. Uh, I want to throw out there the question we most often get asked. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple, that, but I think the question that's most often asked, at least initially by people, is, do you give me my leads? Right. That's a question I think people who are looking at brokerage, especially who are entering the industry, yeah, they want to talk about leads. And we talk about this a lot. It really depends on, first of all, when you go into these places and ask the question, you need to know what you mean by that. Mm -hmm. Because I think most brokerages are going to tell you some version of, of course, we give you leads, or of course, you get leads. Some of them might be even more detailed in giving you a flat number like, oh, yeah, we give you 50 leads leads a week or whatever it is. The value of a lead is in what it is, what its source is. And you also need to do your own heavy thinking about what that actually means. If a brokerage is giving somebody a lead or guaranteeing you leads, where's the quality of that? Why is it being given to you over somebody else? Where are they coming from? 
what's the mechanism for which that gets distributed to the, all the people who are there? Because mm-hmm. if there's lots of people, just because you're new, I don't think that you would be getting more leads than people who are established from right. a brokerage, right? So I think that the answer, it's, it's a bit of a loaded answer and a loaded question. I think you need to be a little bit more clear on what it is you're looking for and how you intend to run your business. Yeah, run your business, exactly. Because if you're dependent on a list of names and numbers to come to you from the brokerage, it could work. And brokerages do it. And I mean, even in our case, yeah, we give leads to our our agents and all Mm -hmm. that. But at least I can speak from our case, certain, well, I shouldn't say, certain brokerages will do what they can to empower their agents to have a business that generates leads. Mm. so that you can sustain your business or your brand wherever you might go, so that you're built to be successful if the phone ever does stop ringing to the brokerage. Yeah. Right? Um, It's easy to give out a big pile of names and numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But to be able to get people who are going to do business with you, who you can then know what to do with them to sustain them and grow them is a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even from a sales experience talking, um, you know, from us, like we, we deal with our own online leads and the experience is a lot more challenging. Like I much prefer working with people that I know will work well with me because they've been referred to me or, you know, I, I've already established a connection and a relationship versus online leads that are very cold. It takes some time to kind of nurture them and it's a process. And I think you get your business a variety of different ways, but how is it that you want to start things out and, and really start move the momentum on something? Is it learning how to create relationships and transfer that into business? Or is it just dealing with random things that come at you and and trying to convert them right then and there? There's so, yeah. Anyway, there's so many things to think about with that. Um, I also think that there's ways that you can go about outside of a meeting or, or a talk with a brokerage, just in terms of like looking at their social media, looking at the actual individual who has interviewed you and like, what are they up to on Facebook and Instagram? Are they motivating? Are they inspiring? Or are they putting up really controversial things that make you uncomfortable? Um, or, or controversial things that say, this is an edgy person I want to. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can connect, you know, you can get a better sense of who they are. Um, And then the other thing is just in terms of um, reaching out to the agents that work within that brokerage. If you can kind of pick one or two, don't be asked for like, like, who can I talk to in your brokerage that, you know, can give, give me a better idea of what it's like. It's like, go out and try to find a couple of people yourself and speak to them and get a better sense of what the brokerage is like, what the pros and cons are, um, and whether that fits with what you're looking for. Yeah. Being, being able to talk to those who aren't scripted is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. In a lot of cases, you might have your own impression of places because you've seen their listings. Maybe you've followed some of their own agents. Um, but go to people. And then for a lot of people, they go places because they've got a friend who works there already or somebody. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Um, but even if you've got a place that you feel you were destined to go to, I would still say ask the questions of other people and don't feel bad about 
anything. It's the same as getting business. Like not every friend gives their best friend the listing. We always mm-hmm. see people saying, I can't believe my best friend just told me he's listing with somebody else. Right. Right. But things make sense for certain reasons to certain people. Yeah. And for you right now, you are in the best spot if you're just coming out or going into a new place, or if you're about to switch to a new brokerage, you're in a position of leverage right now, I mm-hmm. would say. I mean, again, not everybody's jumping all over you, but you've got the ability to shop around and to make sure you're making the right decision. So you don't need to rush. Um, and I think the other thing is the more you meet brokerages and ask questions, and we've told people we've interviewed the same thing, mm-hmm you'll realize more questions that might come out of the second, third, and fourth interview that you didn't ask in the first one. Right. There's no harm in going back to somebody else and saying, you know what, somebody else told me this or I forgot to ask this. Make sure you're comfortable with everything. And if you've got even the smallest inkling of something that was left uncovered, Mm -hmm. get it all out there because now's the time. Once you sign, the hope is that you're going to stay there. Um, which also is another another question people ask is be aware of the term yeah um, and how the actual contract works with a new brokerage. There are some who will require you to be there for a certain period of time or charge you a very intrusive amount of money to leave early mm-hmm. um, or require you to make a certain amount every single year in GCI. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple things in the contract. So reviewing that, asking for them to send the contract over so you can review it in your own time can be really helpful as well. Yeah. They're, really, the, the again, like we haven't covered even half of the things that well, you could be looking at. And yeah. so it's it's all the other stuff is you're going to learn as you go and see what's important to you, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. the technology that they use, whether it's the office space, if we ever get to go back to those mm-hmm. Right, you know what is the administrative support like yeah. with different brokerages, um, and you know what's their philosophy on dealing with consumers. It's it sounds maybe a little fluffy, but different brokerages, different locations have different ways that they train you up to deal with people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good. I mean, ask uh, another thing people have asked us, and I think they do in other places is ask if you can sit in on a training session or ask yeah. if you can sit in on a team meeting at one of these brokerages before you make the final call. Yeah. Because you'll learn a lot from it. I th- I think. Oh, for unless sure. Unless everybody in the room is a hired actor. Yeah. No, but I think you'll get a really good sense of the culture when you're there and also the content that is being talked about every single week if it's a weekly meeting or whatever it is. So yeah, I think, you know, from experience, it's, you know, obviously looking at the basics from a cost perspective, because that's obviously important to training and mentorship perspective. But I think you have, you, you will get a feeling with the right brokerage for you at the end of the day. And so really go with that and I think pay attention. Don't just say, oh, well, whatever, like I have a good feeling, but you know what? I'm really not too sure about these other things. Like I think anybody that has joined a brokerage because they felt like it was the right decision, they felt a connection to the culture, to the people, yep. have been happy with their decision. Yeah, this is a courting process. Yep. This is like getting a new boyfriend or girlfriend mm-hmm. and there's going to be wooing going on back and forth, but that doesn't always work when it's, you know, a sleazy would-be boyfriend, you get that feeling. But when it's somebody who's got you all starry-eyed when you leave the meeting and go and sighing a lot and wanting to go out and 
I don't know what people do after they do that. Run through a field of roses. Is that what you did after you met me? <laughs> yeah. I actually picture that. That oh, might be yeah. the cover of this podcast is you running through a field of roses. Mm, yeah. It was something like that. Something like that. I remember running through a field of roses after I met you. Yeah. I figured we were just in opposite fields. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's what you're going to feel is something between nothing and running through a field of roses <laughs> when you reach the right brokerage. And so I wish you only happiness and love with the people you talk to. And mm-hmm. hopefully it's just one that doesn't have you in a love triangle of brokerages. What? Well, like if somebody gets that feeling from two different brokerages, oh, it makes I things see. pretty tough. That you can't does. you can't go to two. That's no, one thing that won't work. Cannot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 an important decision, but it's not like gonna be the end of the world if you realize a year down the road that this isn't the right fit for you. You can always, you know, hopefully, as long as you're not signed into like a 10-year contract with the brokerage. blood. Yeah. um, You can always move on. I mean, I'm not saying just choose anything. Make make sure you're, you're making the choice for the right reason now, but you might grow out of a brokerage and that's okay as well. And I'll, I'll add to that because we're not done yet, but almost there. <laughs> because there's always the chance that you might move on. Mm-hmm. And it might be for circumstances that have nothing to do with the brokerage. You might move physically. Yeah. Pay attention to what that means to what you might have to do in those situations with your own brand, right? If mm-hmm. you are tied to a brand rather than having your own Again, that's something that people like a lot. Sometimes they want to be able to lean on the brand of a big brokerage or a well-known brokerage. But if you move on and you only are known as you know, a name under a logo that isn't yours, mm-hmm. um, or you only know systems that only work in one situation, you could be undergoing a whole lot of growing pains the next time around and starting from behind when you shouldn't have to. Um, so just give that some thought as well, but that shouldn't make your decision either. Cause there's a lot of value in wherever you end up going Yeah, is the best choice for you. <laughs> Go with your gut. That's my advice. It's great advice. Thanks. All right. Well, as we are winding down now, I'm going to go look for a new brokerage. <laughs> Yeah, so reach out if you guys have any questions at all. Feel free to share this, especially with other people either that are in the industry now or maybe they're just getting out of their their courses and are starting to ask those questions. Hopefully this can be helpful for you guys. And thanks for listening yet again to another episode of Level Up. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, see you next week. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,